0: Our second scripture lesson is from the Gospel of Matthew. As you are able, please stand for the reading of the Gospel. It is found in Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also have forgiven our sinners. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And the people of God add, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Interrupting Silence, the USA. Last Sunday, we began a three-part series titled Interrupting Silence, based on theologian Walter Brueggemann's book, Interrupting Silence, God's Command to Speak Out. Walter Brueggemann defines the word silence as the force that coerces voices to be silenced in the interest of control by the dominant voices he goes on to say that silence is a strategy for the maintenance of the status quo with its unbearable distribution of power and wealth with those definitions of silence as the background To interrupt silence is to speak up and speak out about and against those systems, policies, practices, issues that are against the person and teaching of Jesus Christ, the ultimate revealer of Yahweh, God, Yahweh's nature and character. Last week, we discussed God's command to speak up and out to interrupt the silence that leads to the prevention of truth being spoken and acted upon. Our focus was on the Bible. The Bible, the word of God that has been used historically to support such silence and yet when correctly studied is to be the interrupter of silence. The Bible is to be used to speak up and out against those systems, policies, and practices that yield to silence. Today, we focus on the silence that's in these United States. Silence, that force that coerces voices to be silenced in the interest of control by the dominant voices. Silence, that strategy that is used for the maintenance of the status quo with its unbearable distribution of power and wealth. Silence that maintains the status quo at the expense of many groups. As we take a panoramic view of these United States, what silence do you see that needs to be interrupted? Human trafficking? Homelessness, food insecurity, poverty, the silence of miseducation that has led people to receive a whitewashed history lesson of these United States, ignoring the contribution of all groups, indigenous or Native Americans, immigrants, including African Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic, Pacific Islander Americans, What silence do you see that needs to be interrupted as you take this panoramic view of these United States? The silence in America that leads to the other isms must also be addressed. The isms of sexism, classism, sexual orientationism, those silences must be interrupted. Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable to you. You are truly our source of strength and you are our source of hope. In Jesus Christ's name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. It was an interesting request that the disciples made of Jesus Christ. In Matthew, they ask him to teach them how to pray. In Luke's account, uh, we are told in Luke chapter 11, verses two and four, that the disciples of Jesus had observed What John the Baptist's disciples were doing and what John the Baptist had done, they noticed that John the Baptist had taught his disciples to pray. And so they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. I would suggest to you, and this is just my own perspective, that Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray because they saw how Jesus was able to live out his life. I would suggest to you that, that the disciples of Jesus asked Jesus to teach them how to pray because they discovered that after he prayed, he was able to cast out demons. He was able to raise the sick. They discovered the power that Jesus had after Jesus prayed. I, I would suggest to you today, my brothers and sisters, that the disciples of Jesus Christ, as Jesus to teach them how to pray because they discovered that after that time of prayer, Jesus was able to carry out actions with such great power. They had observed his prayer life. They had observed that much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. I wonder, I wonder, hey, parents and grandparents, are your children and grandchildren observing you praying? Are they listening to you as you pray? Yes, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, and Jesus gave them a model prayer. His prayer, a prayer that informs them and informs us of who God is, where God is, what we can expect of God, and what God can expect of us. I would suggest to you before we, we look at this prayer that prayer and including this prayer, is a silence interrupter. Beware when God's people start praying about that that would hinder others from experiencing their rightful place as the children of God. Prayer. The Lord's Prayer it's a great example of a silence interrupter. It is this prayer that, first of all, tells us who God is. Notice Jesus says, Our Father, Abba, Daddy. Notice the intimacy. So what we know about this God who we pray to is that this God longs for and desires to be in an intimate relationship with you and with me. And by the way, this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, although we may pray it individually, it really is a communal prayer. It's a prayer of the community. And so Jesus wants us to know that the God who we are praying to is a God of intimacy, a God who loves us. A God who forgives us. And then he says, our father, which reminds us that no one person, no one group has ownership of God. Our father means that I have brothers and sisters who also claim God as Father. That is why, beloved, we cannot turn a deaf eye or or a negative eye towards those brothers and sisters who do not look like us nor sound like us or even think like us regarding issues of the day. We all belong to this family of God. And then this prayer reminds us of of where of, of God's name. It says, hallowed be thy name. God's name is a holy name that we are to revere and to respect. We don't talk to God like we talk to our friend down the street with disrespect. Thy kingdom come. This prayer lets us know that God's kingdom is where God reigns. And God's reign is not only in certain parts of these United States where God's will is manifested, but God begins by reigning in our hearts, your hearts, my heart, where God takes rule, where God takes Primary allegiance to say thy kingdom come says first and foremost that I want your kingdom, I want you, God, to reign more and more in my life. I want my life to reflect who you are. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, may your kingdom in heaven be manifested more and more on earth. Give us this day. Jesus reminds the disciples and reminds us today that we are to look to God not only for spiritual needs, but we can also look to God for our daily needs. And then the prayer goes on to say, forgive us, and the translation in God's words are dead or trespasses. I'm mindful that here at Evangel Heights we say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I understand that's because when the two churches that it was determined that this language would be used in the Lord's prayer. The expectation is that we we know that God will forgive us when we confess our sins. We don't have to wonder, we don't have to doubt. 1 John 1, verse 9 makes it very clear if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We can expect God to forgive us. No one has to walk around with shame or guilt. And then this prayer also teaches us that just as God has been gracious to forgive us. We are called to forgive others as well. Yes, this prayer. The Lord's Prayer continues to say that we can expect God at the time that we are tempted to not leave us alone to the wiles of the evil one. But we can expect God to deliver us from the evil one. And that doxology that is found in First Chronicles reminds us again that this God who we are praying to is the God of all power and all glory. When I look at the Lord's Prayer, when I read the Lord's Prayer, when I pray the Lord's Prayer, I recognize that I have been given a weapon that is used to interrupt silence. Oh, the greatest example that I can share with you today is Jesus Christ, (laughs) the silence interpreter, the silence interrupter rather. Jesus, when after he prayed, He called Levi a tax collector, and he interrupted that silence that said, your worth is based only on your status in society and your job status dictates if you are going to be shown respect or not. In the story of the Good Samaritan, a man identified, not by name, but identified by his ethnicity one whose ethnicity was despised by the Jews, one who showed mercy to a man who was from the other racial group. Jesus, the silence interpreter, shows us how he broke the silence of racism. In appearing to Mary Magdalene, and the other Mary on Easter morning and calling them to go and to share with the other disciples that he had risen from the dead, making them the first evangelists of the gospel. Jesus interrupted the silence of sexism. Yes, Jesus taught his disciples to pray the Lord's prayer, that silence interrupter. And I would suggest to you that every day at 12 noon when we come together as the body of Jesus Christ praying the Lord's prayer, we too are interrupting silence. We too are asking that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That God's justice be done on earth as it is in heaven. That God's forgiveness be shown on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. We are called to be silence interrupters, not only in this nation, but we're called to be silence interrupters in our families in our own lives? What silence are you holding on to that is suppressing your family from being all that God is calling your family to be? Pray and ask God that God's will be done in your family's life as God desires it to be done. What silence are you holding on to for within yourself that is preventing you from experiencing the full life that Jesus Christ wants to offer to you today. Pray and ask God for God's will to be done in your life as God would have it to be done. Yes, Jesus, taught his disciples of old and his disciples today, of today, to pray. A prayer that is a silence interrupter. Now, Jesus showed his disciples and he showed us that after he prayed, he acted. And so Evangel Heights, family and friends, after we pray on behalf of this nation, after we interrupt the silences of this nation, the policies, the procedures, the structures that are in place, after we interrupt them, after we interrupt the silences that are taking hold of our families, even those silences that are trying to take hold of us, it is time for us to act next. What will God call you to do? What will God call me to do? What will God call God's people to do in a form of action on behalf of these United States? What what policies do we need to address? What structures do we need to dismantle? What action must you take as a family In order to live a more fulfilled life, what action must you take as an individual to be all of who God is calling you to be? The disciples, based on their observation of Jesus, asked him to teach them how to pray. May we continue to pray. May we continue to pray. Loving God, we thank you for your word. And we pray, Holy God, that you will continue to use us to be your silence interrupters as we continue to pray the Lord's Prayer. That silence interrupter. her. In Christ's name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.